welcome, welcome, welcome again to another edition of the Saul Bookman Show as we come to you live from the Vivid Seat Studio. And as a reminder, if you haven't done so already, download that app. Download that Vivid Seats app. Save yourself up to 100 bucks if you are a first-time user. Pretty simple, pretty easy. Just use promo code OVERTIME and save yourself some money. So today, we're just going to jump right into it. This Baylor game, we're going to cover that. Some of the the good, the bad, the ugly. And then we're going to move on to this uh, Gonzaga matchup coming up on Saturday, which is going to be huge. Uh, the biggest game in McHale, non-conference-wise, in quite a while. And I, I know a lot of us are excited to see this matchup. So let's jump into it with Baylor. Baylor, you know, that, that game was was rough. It was rough. But I will say this. There was a lot of positives you could take away from that game. First of all, Nico Manny didn't play his greatest. Zeke Naji didn't play his greatest. Uh, uh, Josh Green didn't play his greatest. And still, with under two minutes left to go, you were right there in the ball game. Had a chance to win it. You, you did. You had a chance to come through and win it. Uh, and a lot of us didn't get to see that because, you know, ESPN did their ESPN thing and pulled the plug and went straight to a, a game in Notre Dame and Boston College that nobody in the Southwest cares about. And uh, that was pretty frustrating. So we didn't get to see what really unfolded. And I honestly, I still haven't figured out what, what happened in those last possessions. But uh, you still had a chance to, to tie that game, to win that game, and you didn't come through. Okay, so you didn't win the game. That's fine. That's not a big deal. I know it was probably a 50-50 shot to win that game at Baylor anyway, but the way that game unfolded and the way that this Wildcats team played, I think signifies better things ahead than I think I was even cautious or that I even thought were possible um, prior to this game. I was very much concerned with how these freshmen were going to react in a hostile environment. I was very much concerned with how this team was going to respond when they finally had some significant adversity, you know, staring them in the face. And when I say significant adversity, I don't mean you're down against a team that you know you can beat, that you know that you're better than, and you still have that confidence within you to really overcome. I'm talking about going up against guys that are equally as good, if not a little bit better in some positions, and you know that you're not, you don't have that that leeway to mess up. And in this situation with this Arizona team up at Baylor like in, in, in Waco they were manhandled in the first half but they fought through it and they came back and they showed their resilience in the second half and they fought and, and when I say that they battled they battled now they might have gotten out physicaled okay they might have been outmanned um, you know it, hey Some of these guys need to hit the weights. Some of these guys need to lay out for loose balls. We get it. That's fine. But you could see the effort start to ramp up and them start to, like, feel the game out as it went along and understand, like, what it would really take to win this game. And I think, you know, despite the fact that Nico didn't have a great game, he got banged up, he was hobbling from time to time, uh he still battled through. And I think that, you know, that lead by example was was pretty effective for the entire team. Zeke Naji didn't have his greatest game. This guy's got to stop missing so so many, you know, easy baskets. He missed a lot of bunnies. But he still played hard, and he was still physical. 
And this team did get out-rebounded by 32 like they did the last time they played Baylor in McHale. They lost by seven on the boards. A lot of those were 50-50 balls that they had a chance to get. They didn't get them. That's, that's something that you're going to learn as you move forward. It's not something that just comes naturally to everybody. That's fine. So I, I, was, I was relatively impressed with this entire team. Uh, Dylan Smith didn't have his greatest game. Still hit a, a you know a huge three. Uh, you know, every, everybody contributed just a little bit here and there. Uh, actually, the one guy that I think I was most impressed by was Christian Coloco. I loved everything that he provided to this team on Saturday. He came to play, and he definitely had an effect on the shots that Baylor was getting down low. Uh, He definitely had some calmness in his game, and he seemed like he was the moment wasn't too big for him. And I thought he did a fantastic job, and I would love to see him get some more minutes moving forward. He's a skinny freshman. He's going to have to get some size on him. You can't get that right now, but what you can get out of him is the size that he's already born with. And what I mean by that is is obviously his 7-foot-plus frame. You know, So use that to your advantage. I think Sean Miller probably saw some things on tape. And he alluded it, alluded to giving him more minutes as they move forward this week in his press conference. And I hope that comes to fruition. A lot of you were also upset very much so with ESPN commentator Jimmy Dykes. And I will say this. There was, there was a little bit of harsh criticism by Jimmy Dykes. Sure, that's fine. He, he rode Nico Mannion pretty hard. And there was one particular play where he, he, he pointed out Mannion and said, look at him. Uh, you know, just take a look at him. He's standing flat-footed. He's not going to the boards. All your guys are going to the boards. You need to, you need to be better than that. And it, it, it was harsh. And there were some aspects of that which, you know, did he have to do that? Probably not. But I will say this. <laughs> you guarantee Sean Miller saw the same footage of Nico Mannion and guarantee you in closed private sessions – with the team, or even one-on-one with Manning, he says something to that effect, like, hey, you can't stand flat-footed. You have to go attack the boards. We need more of you on the defensive end, so on and so forth. And I think everybody was – I mean, everybody had a gripe for sure, but, man, Mitchell from Baylor got it just as bad, if not worse. There was times where uh, Jimmy Dykes was calling for him to get benched. And even when he hit a three, he hit a three despite shooting, like, something like 20% from three-point range, he had a three, and Jimmy Dykes comes back right away and is like, well, he's due. You know, you shoot that many times, you're bound to make one. Like, man, that was uh, pretty – that was pretty savage on his part. Uh, So I didn't really – I didn't get really bothered by uh, the fact that Jimmy Dykes was all over Arizona um, as much as he was. You know, I didn't really care. Um, I don't really pay attention too much to what the commentators say unless they have information that I, I don't know about, you know, somebody's injured or whatever. Um, and, and I suggest you do the same. You know, just watch the game for what the game is. We would love to get love uh, nationally. That's great. But if we don't, who cares? Let's just move on. Uh, he's, he's irrelevant, really. And uh, I think at the end of the day, you could be proud of what this team did in Baylor. Um, I think the future is bright, and they have an opportunity to come up this weekend and show just that. After they play Nebraska-Omaha, they have an opportunity to beat uh, a top 10-ranked team 
and in Gonzaga. And uh, we're going to talk about that coming up after this break. All right, welcome back. And just like I mentioned before, uh, big matchup coming up this weekend with number six Gonzaga coming to the house. It's going to be, hopefully it'll be a madhouse at McHale. I know the students are on vacation, but uh, I assume that the rest of the Tucson community community will be just as hyped up as, as I am for this one. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Gonzaga. Gonzaga comes in, they're 10-1 on the season, and as you know, if you know anything about that Gonzaga uh, program they do not take the non-conference schedule lightly at all they will play anybody anywhere anytime and uh, this is another one of those instances earlier in the season they demolished Texas A&M at Texas A&M uh, by 30 points uh, and then they had a couple they had, they've had a lot of c- cupcakes before then and since then but then they went to the Battle of Atlantis they played Southern Miss dominated them by 25 points then they played Oregon and beat them in a thrilling overtime game by one and then got dismantled by Michigan. And that's when you see what I believe is going to be the Wildcats' biggest opportunity this Saturday, and that's the inside game, being physical with this Gonzaga team. Uh, this, this Gonzaga team is not as physical as it used to be um, or as Mark Few would probably like. They do have moments where they kind of are soft down low. But and on in the interior period, and I think Arizona, if they play strong and learn from those lessons that they just went through with Baylor and understand that when you come out against top competition, that you have to play big and you have to play solid and you have to play physical, I think this is where U of A will get that mismatch and, and be able to take advantage of the Bulldogs um, at McHale. Um, since then, Gonzaga did bounce back, and they had a, a game up at Washington, and that was another thriller. Um, Washington just not able to really do anything in terms of slowing down the Gonzaga scoring attack. Gonzaga is a, a, a fundamentally sound basketball team from top to bottom, and they know how to score. They just do. They know how to score. Uh, they know exactly what needs to be done. Uh, at any given time in the in the game, and by that what I mean is is if if we're in the first half and there's ten minutes left to go, there's no need to chuck up long distance threes or or play out of your style. They they let the game come to them. They get into a flow. They get into a rhythm, and then they start to expose you for what your weaknesses are. That's what good teams do, and that's what Gonzaga does. So the Zags come in averaging a little bit over 85 points a game. They are a solid team, like I have mentioned several times on this uh, on this podcast so far. Uh, they're, they're solid. They can hit you from the outside. They can hit you from the inside. Um, they Their three-point uh, percentage is almost about 40%. That's, that's a solid percentage for uh, any team in the country, and the Zags are right there at that. Overall, their starting five averages – uh, in double figures, 15, 13, 13, 10, 10. Um, and then a couple guys off the bench with close to double figures uh, with nine and nine. Uh, so there's no one person on this team that is going to be an easy look away from. Um, nobody that you can sag off and completely um, disregard. Uh, Petrusev leads them in scoring with 15.8. And then Kispert, uh, he's right behind them. And Tilly 
at 13.7 each a piece and then you have Timmy and Ayayi uh, who average about 10 um, and then Woolridge and Gilder average about nine so overall uh, they are they are just again this is what you see with solid teams they're just very very good um, Petrusev is the one that's going to finesse you and he's the one that the Wildcats will have to be a little bit more keen on the most um, 6'11", 235, uh, he can shoot from the outside, he can shoot from the inside. Um, he does take three-point shots, although he is not very good at making them. Uh, he is taking, he's taken like 10 on the season and he's only made one. So, um, And then you see his field goal makes on the season uh, against Michigan. You know, that physicality really bothered him. He, had, he was 4'16 from the field, not very good, again, the Wildcats have to be physical from top to bottom with this team. If you try to play a finesse game, that goes right into the Zags' hands. Um, against Washington, again, a little bit more uh, a physical team again. He was 7-15, did a little bit better of a better job, had 10 points. Against Oregon, he was 7-15, also had 15 rebounds. I'm sorry, uh, against Washington, he had 10 rebounds as well, uh, not points. Um so I, I just think overall this this is a game where I'm looking for one specific individual to really shine more than most, and that would be Zeke Naji. I think Zeke is due for a good game. Uh, he's had some he's had some good games. I mean, I think he's due for a great game. He's had some good games. Don't get me wrong, but I think he is due for a great game, and I think this is the game where he's going to come out and really dominate, or at least I'm hoping so. And I think the Wildcats need to do a better job of looking for him. They need to. They need to find Zeke Naji more down on the block. They just have to. The kid is too good to not to not really focus on him. Baylor um, went man-to-man a lot of the game. Um, they went zone every now and then. But I'm telling you, there was opportunities to get Zeke Naji the ball. They did not do it. And I think that that's a ultimately what costs them the game. You can't just rely on jump shots to win you games. Not at this level, not against any other team in the country that is a top 10 team. You have to execute on both ends of the floor and you have to execute down low and on the outside. It works hand in hand together and Arizona is going to have to find a way to do that. Nico Mannion, is he going to be fully healthy? I don't know yet. We'll see. But I would expect him to come out and play a much, much better game than he did against Baylor. I think I think that because of what happened at Baylor and because of what's on the line there, the Wildcats need this win because they don't have an outstanding win on their resume. And if they get to the point, um, Selection Sunday, where they have one non-conference victory over a top 25 team, that is not going to look good on their resume whatsoever. They need this win more than ever, and I think they're going to get it. I think they're going to come out, and they're going to play with their hair on fire, and I'm hoping that the physicality um, lessons that they learned against Baylor will come out in their favor this time around against Gonzaga, and they'll come out victorious. I would expect a game in the 70s and 80s because I think that's the kind of game that Gonzaga wants to play. I think that's the game that Arizona wants to play, but – I think the difference will be Arizona will be more physical than they were against Baylor. They will be faster.
faster to those loose balls. And I can see a scenario where Arizona wins this ball game. But we'll see. We will see. It should be a fun, fun game out at McHale. And uh, who, who knows, man? If you're going to the game, you know, uh, you know, have have fun. It's going to be awesome. I know those tickets, the students, uh, the Zona Zoo tickets um, were sold. And so I, I know it's a sellout now, and it's going to be awesome. So um, we, we kept it uh, short and sweet this week, and uh, I hope you enjoyed this last 15 to 20 minutes. Next week, we're going to try and get some someone from the women's basketball team to kind of come on air and talk about their success early on in this season. Uh, they have, they're a top 20 team. They've been playing amazing, and I love I love ball. It doesn't matter if it's men's or women's. I think they're both amazing athletes, and uh, we want to give the light and some shine to, to both programs, and that's what we're going to do on this program for sure. So that's what we're going to hope to have next week, and then the week after that, there is no, there is no podcast uh, because it is Christmas, and I think it's time for us all to sit back, be with our families, reflect, and just enjoy each other. And so at that point in time, I think uh, you guys could probably use a break for me. I'm going to take a break to kind of reset and uh, come back stronger because after we come back, man, it's no joke. We get into the early part of conference play and then we hit Vegas and the NCAA tournament. So it's going to be lit. It's going to be fun. Until then, take care of each other and we'll see you next week.